Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. It's really, I must admit, we were chatting the other day about the pros and cons of preaching into a camera there are not many pros for me <laughs> but uh, this is just the best it's just to see everybody and to be able to just engage um, so yeah, I'm really pleased try and see everybody great stuff um, yeah we've um, our kids are on a holiday already um, so they Enjoying that, and um, we had a school concert the other day. I must say the school was quite creative in how to do that in the midst of trying to make it COVID friendly. So they did a bunch of little stations. Uh, how many? Quite a few actually. Uh, five or six? No more. No, no, many more. But every class had one. Not only, not only every grade group every class so lots of little items so normally the, what would happen is when it's your class's turn you get on the stage and then you have your two minutes in the limelight right and then the kids are like they practice for months and then there's this two minutes and then it's finished so the benefit of this doing it this way is the crowd was moving around Okay, or not a, that's a thing it wasn't a small group of people moving around from item to item so, so they had to do it the Thursday 10 times, I think, or 11 times, and the Saturday again. <laughs> so there wasn't such anything of, I want to do it some more, or you know, normally they're like, it was so short. Now it's like, no, I'm finished now. I've had enough concert for a, <laughs> for a year. Shame. But they did really well. And um, yeah, so they had more than just the two minutes. They had a lot of minutes, many minutes in the limelight. Um, it was really cool. Yeah. It's a blessing to share the word this morning, and um, let's take a moment to pray. Father, we're so thankful for your presence. Um, thank you, Lord, that we're able to gather together. Thank you that you are here with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, Lord, as our teacher, as our, our comforter, our counselor. Lord, you, are, you direct our steps, Lord, and this morning we open our hearts Boldly, Lord, to say, come and change us, Lord, to be more like Jesus. My desire is to meet with you, and we've already done so, and our desire is to meet with you in the Scripture, and our desire is to be transformed, Lord. Our desire is that your name will be glorified in our midst this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, so the last couple of, just a while, Lord's just been convicting me around a bunch of things regarding time and what we do with our time. And, um, you know, the, where it says that our lives are like a breath, you know, our lives here on earth. It's just it's here the one day and then it's gone the next. It's, um, yeah, and it, in crazy times like these, I'm sure many of us have experienced that fellow, just the, the brevity of life in terms of losing loved ones and... Um, yeah, so it's kind of a time where we're wrestling with the reality of that. Um, 
And you know, what is really significant is what is, and what is really valuable. Um, just on a lighter note, it's, it's interesting it's how children, small children, have a, kind of grow into the feeling for time. Have you noticed that? So Emily had a birthday in November, and I remember that, that I think it was two days after her birthday, she asked, when's my birthday? Again, I'm like, <laughs> we, just, we just had your birthday, you're going to have to wait a whole year. And I'm trying to give her like markers, you know, it's like, the school will start, and then you're going to have three holidays, and then, or, you know, and then everybody else in the family is going to have their birthday, and then, you know, she's like, what? No, that's too long. Uh, <laughs> And then the other day we were driving, you know when you drive north on the N1, just before Zambezi, or what's it called now? Anyway, so there's this huge quarry on your left. Remember? Have you seen it? It's big, okay? It's really impressive. It's this massive quarry. You can actually, if you're not driving, you can actually see quite a bit in it. And the kid, I, was, I, was saying, I was saying, pointing, saying, look at this thing. And Emily pops up, she said, wow, they must have dug at least most of the day to, to get that deep hole there. I was like, yeah, <laughs> she said, and then, on the, and then she, she adjusted, she said, no, she thinks they must have dug through the night. I'm like, hmm, and then on the, I remember on the way back, she changed, she made some adjustments and she said, she reckons they must have dug a hundred years. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's probably closer, <laughs> closer to accurate. But, um, you know, it's, anyway, so we, but I think something that we all wrestle with uh, as humans, because we are in time, is we, we wrestle with the concept of eternity. Uh, and uh, trying to explain that to the children the other day as well, and I was like, doing that little string, I was, thought maybe I should do that string illustration. Have you seen that one where they pull out this huge long string, take it all over the room a couple of times, and then they mark like a pen mark on the one end, and they say, that's your... That's your life, uh, and the rest of the string is eternity. But yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a thing we wrestle with, and it's something we we we're not always in in touch with um, that whole concept of eternity. So I want us to look a little bit at you know how do we relate to time? If you think about it, the way we talk about time, we talk about it like we do talk about money or other resources. We talk about spending. Time, right? We're talking about giving it, talk about investing time, talking about saving time. <laughs> well, yeah, we talk about committing time to something or dedicating time, you know. So it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's something that we talk about because, like it is a resource because it is. And I read something the other day saying that if, if we had to spend our money like we do our time, people would we'd probably consider a person like that insane in terms of just, just spinning. <laughs> and, uh, but the crazy thing is time is so much, is so much more valuable than money um, and many other resources because you can't buy time, right? There's no way to actually purchase or make it more or stretch it. Um, um, the other day we were doing this authentic manhood series. Uh, thanks so much to all the guys that joined for that. It was really great. And uh, we're talking about uh, some of the idols that we wrestle with. And uh, they, they kind of bring it down to three core idols. They call it, uh, one is comfort, idol of comfort. Then the one is the idol of control. 
and then the idol of significance. And then we kind of wrestled through a whole bunch of things around those things. And, and uh, interesting um, that time has a lot to also to, to do how we wrestle with these things because how do you spend your time? How, what do you invest in? What do you do with time that is kind of idle? And then we, we, on the discussion on Thursday, we, we came up with this thing. It, say, it says that if idle time, like in time that's not dedicated to something, you know, I-D-L-E, Time can can easily become idle time, I D O L time. You know, so we idle times that we're not dedicating to something specific, or time that we not focusing, or you know, hearing the Holy Spirit, or not really engaging with God and what He wants us to do, can easily become the time that just slips into those things that we actually don't want to spend time on. Um. Anyway, guys, let's let's look at the scripture a bit. Um, before we do that, there's a lot of self-help time management material out there. If you go into any bookstop, bookshop, there's a lot of material on, with very great practical advice about what to do with your time, how to manage it, you know, how to you know, schedule and how to avoid wasting time, and how to avoid distractions, a lot of stuff around, around workplace, time management, all kinds of things like that. Um, but if you, if you look carefully, a lot of it is really good advice and really practical. But if you look at those kinds of materials, there's, a, there's not an eternal perspective there. So that makes it really tricky because we want to make use of a lot of those things. But at the same time, we see that there's not a... There's not, no, no focus on the glory of God. There's no focus on the, His kingdom coming. There's, there's no mention of, you know, eternity and how do we prepare for that. Um, nothing about souls having to be saved, you know. So it's one of those difficult things. There's a lot of good in there, but we need to seriously bring it into line with Scripture for those things to really be a blessing to us. Amen. Let's lead, look at Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15. Ephesians 5 covers a lot of ground, and even 6. Um, so it's quite interesting, the context of the scripture. So please go and read the rest of it as well. But let's look at verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Um, some translations say how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Some translations say redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now this is... 2,000 odd years ago. So they were already saying, guys, we're living in evil times. This is hectic stuff, okay? So we can agree we're still in evil days, right? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with you with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, sub submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he goes on and he talks about marriage. And then he goes on in, verse, in chapter 6 and he talks about our battle is not against flesh and blood. He talks about the, the armor of the Lord. That's quite hectic context in terms of what do you do with your time? What do you do? How do you spend it? How do you make best use of it? And then in the context of evil days, and then he talks about marriage, which is right in the middle of there, of all of that. And then he 
goes on to say about the battle. And then he goes again, in the context of the evil days and the battle that we're fighting. I mean, so, um, but let's look specifically around the whole concept of how do we deal with time? And how do we live with an eternal perspective? Um, and um, what does God say about that? There's, I want to read this quote about, from Professor Bruce, I don't know how to pronounce this, um, and uh, he says, there you go, uh, busyness is moral laziness because it is often a statement of our self-importance and our excuse to be inattentive to people. But God has given us just enough time to do what we need to do, moment by moment, to respond to Him. And His grace is there. It is eternal, eternally present. Every moment is a sacrament where time touches eternity, and there is exactly enough time to do what God has called us to do. Busyness is moral laziness. That's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, there's this, there is this thing where it's, it's like if, you, if you're busy and you're multitasking, you're doing lots of things at once, it's kind of something we admire. People admire society, admires that. Lots going on, don't have time for anything, busy, important person, you know. Let me not get distracted. But anyway, this... <laughs> Um, somebody wanted to buy something from me on Facebook and they, and they were struggling to get a time that, that suits. So he says, I'm a busy guy. I'm like, okay. Mm. <laughs> Let me know. Any case, but um, so that's kind of being admired in our society. Um, but yet in scripture, we see God speaking about us living from a place of rest. It's resting in, and we're talking about, we hear about God's rest, and uh, we hear about um, Him directing us and, and, and allotting. There's a scripture where it talks about God has allotted times and seasons for everything, and even boundaries for where we should be in specific times, nations, and people. So how, to what extent do we submit to that, that God has allotted and to, that He has set out? And to what extent do we really engage with Him moment by moment? I like this where He says, uh, God has given us enough time. Every moment is a sacrament where time touches eternity. In other words, there's a, how do we engage with eternity in, in every moment? How do we engage with what God is doing in this moment? What is he doing? What is he about in, in the situation that we are in? Okay. I, I was, uh, somebody sent me this. I can't remember who this clip about uh, Dallas Willard. He's a well-known theologian, a really wise man. And um, they asked him, there was a question and answer time. And uh, now this is a question I've also wrestled with. And I think... Many families have wrestled with this question. The question was about, you know, we are aware that as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are growing continually. We, uh, for us to grow and for us to mature in our faith and our walk with God, there's, there's certain things that, 
that help that, right? So there we talk about spiritual disciplines, and without going into legalism, those things are, are basics in our, in our walk with God. Um, and you're saying what, he res- what he's wrestling with is he's got an 18-month-old, and there's another one on the way, and it's just, it's, it's quite crazy. The lives are so full of these little ones now that are taking so much time, plus all the stuff from before, plus work. You know, so he's saying this is something he's really wrestling with. How, what is Jesus, what is Dallas Willard's advice to how do you, how do you continue to serve the Lord <laughs> in, the, in that season? And I think many of, of us can relate, especially when we have sh- changes in season. When you go from um, school to studies, it feels like you have no time. You know? And then you go from studies to work and you feel like, I had so much time and now I've, I really don't have any time. You know? And then you, in most, and then you, have, you go into a relationship and you're like, well, this is taking so much time. You know? <laughs> and I, now I, don't, I really don't have time. And then, and then we go, we have children and then it just goes downhill from there. Oh, we marry first, marry first. Just marry. Um, things just go pear-shaped from there. But, um, and this is, I want to, this is quite a long quote, so please try and bear with me, but I want to kind of get the gist of his answer. Um, I'm not going to, it's not on the screen, it's too long, but um, it's very challenging. So he says, this is where the battle sets in. You have to be willing to plan for some significant time <laughs> To come to understand why you don't have enough time to do the things that are good for you. So firstly he says, and this is, is also in that scripture that we, we read. It's actually, I want to refer back to that scripture a couple. So firstly he says, look carefully. Okay? So it says, for us to be able to redeem the time, we have to look carefully. And Dallas Willard says the same. He says, you have to be willing to spend time, significant time, looking carefully at, at your life and at yourself. Because we tend to rush these things, don't you? Like, just look at this five-minute clip. It's going to help me with my time management. But he says you have to be willing to invest. At one point, he also talks about that whole thing of sharpening the sword, being effective in terms of Instead of just, you know, I don't have time to sharpen the saw, but I keep on sawing trees, but it goes slower and slower and slower, and, and we, don't, we don't have time to sharpen, but, you know, so he's saying, look carefully, take time to look carefully at your life, to look carefully at yourself, and he says, so this is the battle, to take time to invest in, in that, and understanding why you don't have enough time to do the things that are good for you, all right? Then he says, you have to ask yourself questions like, does God ever give anyone too much to do? I must admit that one got me. All right. Does God ever give anyone too much to do? And he's saying, I'm inclined to think that he doesn't. So he's saying, is God, you know, does he give us too much or does he know what we're able to do? Does he know, is he, you know, does he ever give us too much to do? And he says he doesn't. So if we have too much time, if we have, no, if we have too much to do, then the question is, where did that come from? Why do I do that? Who am I trying to please? What are the desires that I'm following? And that's where you have to find the time to begin to seriously look at the causes of your behavior. 
And uh, interesting enough, when we looked at those idols, it also came a lot to what am I, what am I engaging in? Um, what am I spending time on? So he's saying when we come to the place, we realize, okay, I am doing a lot of things, and many of these things probably don't come from God. So where do they come from? <laughs> and why am I spending so much time on this? And um, why am I giving? It's like, you see, time is a gift, as a, a precious commodity. Why am I giving this time away to this thing or this person or this activity? Who am I trying to please? What are the, the desires that I'm following? And then he goes on a, a little bit further in, in his answer, and he says, that's where the work of examination to find the causes uh, really comes in. He says, now that it's going, to be a it's going to challenge your faith because perhaps you are devoted to success. And success in some professions like, this is his words, okay, some professions like accountant and lawyer and so on, will eat you alive. And so then you have to decide whether or not that is an objective for you to give your life to. That's quite hectic, eh? Uh, but obviously you can make a long list of professions and it doesn't really have to do so much with the profession and our, how do we approach it. Um, even in ministry, we, we can make the same mistake. So are you, is this an objective that, for you to give your life to? And then he goes on talking about what is success? Why does success relate to the fruit of the Spirit? And he goes on about that. And then I want to end with his last bit here. He says, the question is, how can you accomplish what God wants you to accomplish? That means, among other things, do you let, how do you let him into your life? But the temptation is just to work harder. If there's a problem, the solution is work harder. <laughs> and it's only by finding our way into life and the kingdom of God that we can break the grip of that and give God a chance to show up. So he's basically saying that the society we live in is all about you must just work harder. So whenever there's a problem, like just grit your teeth, you know, white knuckle, just put in more work and it will solve, you know, get better. Uh, but God says differently. He's, and he's saying um, that that's a temptation. The temptation is to work harder, but... Um, how do we actually allow, how do we let God, how do we invite God into those things? How do we allow Him to actually take the control of our time and our schedule? How do we break that grip of that temptation to just work and just work harder, just put more of our own effort in? I saw so many comments recently with this, talking about this whole concept of our capacity. And, uh, and the, the person's comment was, if we, if, we are, if we are serving God out of our capacity, is that really what God is calling us to do? do does He only call us to do things out of our own capacity? Or how, where does the Lordship of Christ come in? Where does the power of God come in? Where does the power of the Holy Spirit come in? I'm not saying it's not, it's not a good thing to be aware of your capacity. Now, I'm all for being resilient and, and pacing yourself, you know, running the race like it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, <laughs> if I'm going to be a dad, I want to be it for the rest of my life. Or if I'm going to, I don't want to just sprint for 10 years and then fall apart and then my kids don't have a dad anymore. 
so obviously there's, there's wisdom in that. There's wisdom in having rest and having a Sabbath and there's wisdom in pacing ourselves and being aware of, of what we need to be able to, to run this race to the finish line. Amen? Um, but even in that, we can do it on a soulish, fleshly uh, way or we can do it in a really godly way. Um, <clears throat> so, but in the context of, of wisdom, I, I believe this is a good question. If, or is my capacity, does that mean it, it's, it's limited to what I think I can do? Or is there a, an element of faith? Is there an element of, sure, if God's calling me to do this, it's really going to take a lot from me, or it's really going to take a lot from God. <laughs> it's going to take some miracles. It's going to take some extraordinary grace. Um, it's going to take something that I feel is impossible. And uh, when, we look, when we look at lo- so many examples in Scripture, it is that case, God calling us to do things that seem impossible in human, in human terms. So how do we get God to, sh- you know, how do, how do we make room? How do we submit our time and our work to him so that he can show up and so that he can do the miracles that he wants to do, that he can, you know, the script, when he talks about them, about the apostles going to different regions, preaching the gospel, that God performed, uh, God confirmed his word with signs and wonders. Amen. Don't we want to see that in our daily lives? So going about God's business and seeing him perform his word, seeing him confirm his word with signs and wonders. Amen. Okay, so let's refer back to that scripture um, in Ephesians 5. So firstly, to, for us to look carefully, to be able to say, okay, I'm willing to set time aside to wrestle through the realities of what I'm spending my time on and uh, what is it that eats my, my spare time? Do I have rest? Do I have a, a good rhythm of rest in my life, and my family life? What am I spending that on? And then he says, and he goes on, he says, not as unwise, but as wise. So that's all part of that. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And now we've looked at how, what is the best use of the time? How do I engage with the Holy Spirit in terms of what is the best use of my time? Uh, I think that's really challenging because there's so many things calling out for our time. There's so many things that, that it require our, our time. He's saying, what is the best use of it? What is, the, what is what God requires of us? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's, that'll take some time. Amen. <laughs> Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Actually, let's read from the next scripture. Next one. First Chronicles 12. Um, talking about different men from different tribes coming to, um, together to, do, to, to help. And then it says of Issachar, talking of the tribe of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So this was their skill. This was what they were contributing. They, they understood. They had understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. Isn't that a powerful gift to, to have an understanding of the time, to have an understanding of what we ought to do, to have an understanding of what the will of the Lord is as we read there in verse 17 of Ephesians 5. What, 
but understand what the will of the Lord is. Guys, let me be honest with you. I've often run into something and then only realized where I'm already in it, realized, hmm, actually I haven't prayed about this. Especially in my early walk with the Lord, I used to, used to, used to you know, I don't know, maybe you can relate, I used to pray more like, okay, Lord, please bless this thing that I'm busy with. Not really asking, Lord, what I'm, is, it, is what I'm busy with really your will? <laughs> but Lord, just bless it, please, you know. Um, so wrestling, taking the time to say, Lord, what is your will? And wrestling through, the, to come into a place of conviction, say, wow, this is God's will for my life. Um, I was um, having a chat with a guy a while ago. He's also in ministry and um, not, in, not in shofar, but um, really hectically busy with a lot of things. And uh, a lot of different ministries, and all of them good fruit, all of them you know, great things happening and really blessed. But, you know, he's about to have, a, about to have their first child. And um, so he was wrestling through how I'm, I'm not coping at the moment. I'm, you know, our marriage is really under strain because of all these things going on. How am I going to be able to be a dad as well? And basically our, our, our conversation, or our, our kind of talking about this, came to a place of, you know, that scripture we read it a while ago, a couple of weeks ago about, Saul and how Samuel said to him, God's, um, he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, and when Saul did his own thing, and Samuel told him, no, but it's great to sacrifice, but obedience is better than sacrifice. And I, and I, and I challenged the guy with this and said, are you sacrificing? Are you all doing all of this knowing that it has to be done? There's a, there's a sacrifice, there's the, you know, the kingdom has to come. Or are you doing it out of obedience? And he was, he was like really, he said he's, he's going to have to go and wrestle with God about it. But he's an interesting guy. He's like a black and white kind of guy. And he said, he's going to cancel everything. He's just going to, like, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I want to have a lot of upset people with me. But, uh, upset with me. But um, and I said, no, just, you know, take time. Take time to wrestle through each, each of all these things. and and pray, is this what God is calling me to do in this season? What, am I need, what, do I, what changes do I need to make? What adjustments do I need to make? Um, and again, specifically in those phases, where we, those times where we, we change life, where there's a life phase change, that's a good time to wrestle with God about, Lord, how do I make this adjustment? I need your wisdom. How do I adjust? The time that I spend on different things. I'm a dad now. I'm a husband now. Uh, what is that going to look like? You know, there's people that get married, maybe sometimes mostly men, and they think they can still live the same way that they did when they were single. Oh, crazy stuff, eh? Anyway, <laughs> in terms of hobbies, in terms of time spent, um, it's not possible. You can't. Make a commitment like that. Make, make a covenant and think nothing will change. Same with having children. That's actually why many people don't have children. They don't want the discomfort. Huh? Yeah. Not comfortable to have kids. Discipleship is a lot like having kids. Making a disciple. 
That's maybe why many of us, why we don't find time <laughs> to make disciples because it's so inconvenient and so uncomfortable. It's a sermon for another day. Um, yeah. So, and then he, let's look at, and then he goes on. He says, do not get drunk of wine. So then he gets some really important pointers. He says, be filled with the Spirit. This is important for us to be able to redeem the time, to make use of the time. Walk wisely. Do not be foolish. Do not be filled with wine. Rather, be filled with the Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about how we should interact with each other, dressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And uh, I reckon that is actually an important point because uh, if we really have an eternal perspective, aren't we going to invest our time a lot into people rather than into other activities? Obviously, investing into people can involve activities, praise the Lord, all right? But Abigail and I had a chat about this the other day. I was asking her, what are the things that you can take with you in it, into eternity? And we had a chat about that, you know, stuff you can't take with you, souls you can't take with you, you know, in terms of eternal fruit of, of you, in, you know, pouring yourself out into others' lives. That is etern eternal fruit. That is something that you can take with you into eternity. And we had a bit of a chat around that. Um, but doesn't that mean, we, how do, you know, loving people has a lot to do with how we invest time, how we spend time, how we pour us our time into people's lives. Um, I'm going to read the next scripture about that. In Romans chapter 13, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So if we come from the perspective of loving people, from a perspective of, of eternal investments into what is important to the Lord, surely that's going to mean I mean, I have to look at how much time I am pouring out into people, to my family, into people around me. Because that is eternal currency. That is something that I, can, that I can take with me in terms of God's eternal economy. Amen? So he talks about how we should encourage one another, sing to one another. There's a mixed blessing there. Right, because if I'm going to be singing to people, I'm not always sure if it's going to be a blessing. But uh, but here it is in the scripture. Okay, making melody to the Lord with your heart. That's that's good. I can do I can do that. In my heart. Anyway, giving thanks always, and then again in the time. How do we redeem the time? Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that that attitude of praise, that attitude of giving thanks, that attitude of I'm thankful for every moment that I have. I'm thankful for the time that I have my, with my children. I'm thankful for the time, and I'm taking a hold of the time that I have with people. Um, and guys, let me be honest. Let me just be real with you guys. If, if Anna and I are sitting and talking, okay, and we're like having a really good conversation, <laughs> yes, that's hectic, eh? Um, and that's also another sermon on its own, but... 
that's I think that's one of the most powerful things you can do these days when you're having a, a chat with somebody is to put this thing far away, banish it to another room or something, and to, to communicate to the person, listen, you're important and you are loved and you are kid yeah, I care for you. Um we did this counseling course a while ago, the lady said that that somebody feeling heard is one of the most powerful expressions of love that you can get. So for most people, if they feel they've been heard, not even necessarily understood or agreed with, but having just been heard, experience that profoundly as love. Maybe that's also a sign of the times that social media doesn't really facilitate that. I mean, so giving that time and investing that time into others, into eternal internally valuable things. Often people ask um, people that have come to the end of their life or maybe that are approaching the end, um, ask them what would you have done differently or how would you have, what would you have done? And I think there are many times people say, what would you have done with extra time? And it's, it's really fascinating to hear because people in that kind of state are normally very um, sober in terms of and you know where they're at and, and what they what they where they've come from. Um, and they they say that Schindler, the guy that um, that that movie is about, Schindler's List, rescued all those Jews from the Holocaust. Many, many, many. I don't know the numbers now. But apparently at the end, when they had to flee, when they, were, when they couldn't save any more, he said, I, he was so regretful because he, he wasted so much money before he started. He wasted so much money and so much time on other things. He said, I could have, I could have saved so many more. If I didn't spend that money on that car or if I didn't spend that time on something else, I could have saved so many more. My, my prayer for us and for myself is that we, when we come to the end of the race, that we would not be saying, Lord, I, I could have saved so many more. I could, I could have reached out to so many more. Um, I could have, instead of that series, I could have invested into somebody's life. I could have spent time with somebody in a, in a meaningful may, a way. Amen? Instead of giving my, my life, of giving my time to this thing, I could have given it is something better. Um, I, I feel the Lord is challenging us to wrestle through those things. To wrestle through what are we giving our precious gift of time? Who are we giving that precious gift of time to? Okay. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to read this last scripture for us. Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, a perishable crown, or a perishable prize. But we, an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And in the context of how we spend our time, there's a deliberate 
strictness that we need. There's a discipline that we need around this. There's a, an understanding of, I have a race to run. I want to reach the finish line. I want to I reach the goal. I want to um, reach the fullness of what Christ has died on the cross for. How does, what does that look like in terms of the what I do with my time? And um, my prayer is that we will not be full of regrets when we reach that end goal. We have a close friend that um, lost a sister to cancer this last uh, week and a half ago. And it was really hectic. She's my age. And um, they've been wrestling with this for a long time. It wasn't a surprise. Um, and they were, you know, talking to the, the, the husband, you know, asking about, oh, so I think she had five or six kids. So that's quite rough. But um, talking about to the husband, he said he's done most of his mourning already two years ago. <laughs> But I was so amazed that at the same time blessed to see how they prepared the children. For although they were still praying and they were still trusting, they were still praying for miracles. They were preparing the children for what seemed inevitable. And apparently, when they and the children received the news, they were just they weren't devastated because they knew that mom was now with Jesus, and she's now entered into that eternal phase of her life. And that had lots of realities for them, obviously. But I don't, we don't all have that lot, long time <laughs> to know that, okay, you've got two years now, you need to sort this out. It's not like that always. So I'm praying that we would daily live in a way that has a, 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 a sensitivity to the brevity of life, but also an urgency in terms of what is it that God is calling me to do right now, right here, in my city, in my community, amongst my, my neighbors, amongst my colleagues. How can I invest? How can I pour out time? How can I um, see God's kingdom come? Amen. So that's the question. Who or what do we give our lives to? Who or what do we bless with our, that precious gift of our time? Do I give it away to a screen? I'm talking to myself as well, amen? I'm <laughs> preaching to myself. How do I, what do I invest in? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us life, Lord. Your word says that Jesus has come, that we may have life and have it more abundantly, Lord. That, um, you know, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you have come that we may have that abundant life. God, and this, this morning we pray and we ask that you would, you know, ask that you'd give us a sensitivity and an urgency in our hearts again, that we would recognize where the enemy is indeed stealing and destroying in, in the way that, in the, especially in the context of how we spend time. And Lord, that you stir in us a, an urgency to wrestle with you, God, about how we spend our time. And this morning we humbly come and we ask, Lord, that you give us the boldness to make changes, Lord, the boldness to make conscious decisions, the boldness to, to decide 
that we would honor you in the way we spend our time, that we would honor you, knowing, Lord, that we are not our own. Our time is not our own. We've been bought with a price. Our time is, belongs to you, God. Our very lives, our every breath belongs to you, God. So come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your word, that your word says your, your grace is truly su- sufficient for us. Your grace is truly present with us. And we ask, Lord, that even as we read, that you would give us wisdom to redeem the time, wisdom to make use of our time, wisdom to be filled with the Spirit, wisdom to, to minister to one another, wisdom, Lord, to pursue what is eternal, to pursue what is godly. In Jesus' name. We repent, Lord, of times that we have wasted your precious time that you've given us, Lord. We have spent it on many things that are not worth much, Lord. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning that you empower us again, that you encourage us, that you instill again that urgency in us, Lord, to see your kingdom come in every moment, Lord, to to know and to do your will in every moment, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, thanks so much, guys. If you feel specifically like to pray, if you feel just uh, this feeling that some feel kind of trapped in the in the way that their lives are going, it's as if you just wrestling with a lot of things. Maybe it's a work thing that feels you makes you you feel trapped where you are in terms of not having control of your life or others controlling or not you know not feeling it's not being the godly way to go. I just feel I want to pray with you. Um, and if you just want to respond to this message in terms of saying, Lord, I want to I spend my time in a godly way, then please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. And if you this morning and you have none of a sure conviction about your relationship with the Lord, if you, know, if you don't have a conviction about your eternal destiny with God, if you're not sure about your relationship with him, it will be my privilege to pray with you and to um, just chat about that a moment. So please come forward. I'd love to pray with you. If you have any other prayer need, please don't go until somebody has prayed for you. Amen. Thanks so much. God bless. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.